Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. Hello, everyone at Legacy Nashville. Allison and I are together today for our message time. And we're not just going to be doing a sermon, but we're going to have somewhat of a conversation. And we'd like to welcome you into our home, onto our actual couch. Our actual couch. In our real (laughs) living room. (laughs) I know, if you could like see outside of this shot, there's just like toys everywhere there are there are farm (laughs) toys over there there is popcorn Popcorn. on the floor where we moved the couch just now to set up this shot and uh, we tried to you know prep it nicely for luke coming over and then here's snacks that are hidden under the couch you know so welcome to our home (laughs) welcome and welcome to our church legacy nashville for those of you guys who are logging on with us from all over the world. We really appreciate you guys tuning into the stream. Um, we wanted to have a conversation today. And we used to have a we used to actually have a podcast called Conversations, conversations yep. which was so fun. It was fun. So much fun. Um, but we wanted to have a conversation today to talk just a little bit about what's happening in our world currently and even the more so what's happening in America yep. currently. Yep. And um, unless you're living under a rock, everybody is aware of the racial tension that's taking place. Everybody is aware of the protest. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of what I've seen have been, you know, really great, really wonderful, peaceful protests. We're also aware of some riots that are also happening that have gotten uh, more violence. Some mm-hmm. folks have been killed in yeah. those riots, uh, looting. There, there's a lot of things going on right now in the news. Um, and this all come as a result of the murder uh, of three African-American mm-hmm. people. Um, and the most recent being Mr. George George Floyd. So obviously this, this is incredibly sad for so many people. Yeah. And it's it's been incredibly uh, sad for our home. Um, and I was just wondering if we could kick off by asking you, you know, (laughs) how are you doing? You know, how, how are you processing, uh, what's happening? Yeah, I think that I am experiencing a lot of different feelings as a lot of my friends and black friends and you know have shared with me some very similar things like right i don't it's not one feeling or emotion i think it's been kind of like a roller coaster of emotions one just grief deep grief you know mm-hmm. the tears the the sadness the mm-hmm. you know just the mourning you know yeah. like that deep i don't know mourning that you experience when you lose someone um that really matters and i I feel that, like I feel that sense of grief. Um, I also feel that sense of anger, that passion to see change and Mm -hmm. transformation. Um, And then this odd sense of, you know, joy mixed in at some level. Um, Seeing 
the response, you know, seeing people respond, seeing the mm-hmm. body of Christ respond. And so, yeah, I think it's like there's been moments where there's like, you know, a lot of sadness, moments where there's yeah. a lot of anger and moments for me where there's been a lot of joy and kind of finding my way through those those feelings and emotions and finding it really cool to be able to process and talk with mm-hmm. um, family, you know, my parents, my dad. Uh, my siblings, my, you know, my sisters and uh, just really having that camaraderie and that journey of processing those feelings has been really cool. But yeah, it's kind of all over the map. I don't know. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. And I know it's been a lot for you. And I know that because I'm married to you. (laughs) And I I know it's, I I know it's been a lot for your pops uh, because we, we live all in the same house together. (laughs) Um, and I know it's been a lot for so many of you guys yeah. uh, that are a part of our community, that are a part of our family. Yeah. And we have had so many conversations. So many. I mean, I know there's a lot so of folks out there that are just really exhausted yeah. uh, just by, by all, having all the conversations and, and, and just going through and reliving right. Right. Uh, the trauma totally. of these murders. Yep that are being streamed on the news. And so what we thought we might do is, is just try our best as your pastors uh, yeah. to serve you and to pray for you and to bless you and to walk with you uh, a little bit through some scriptures yeah. and, and just talk about how we might be able to respond and how we might be able to process, right. grieve, and, and ultimately take action yeah. so that we can see something change. Absolutely. So before we open the scripture... Um, you know, I, I, I thought this was so good for us to do together because for those of you guys who are new to our environment, we lead together. Yeah. We, we lead legacy together. We are both the lead pastors. I know. Cause I haven't been on like any of our st- <laughs> streams because, yeah. or any of our online stuff. Cause I was like nine months Why pregnant. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> we just had our third baby. Um, and Rue Grace. yeah, she's pretty cute um but yeah i haven't gotten to join really i think the first week i was a part of mm-hmm. our live like stream quarantine. yeah during quarantine yeah. but I haven't gotten to um really be a part since so i'm like yep. i'm i've missed everyone <laughs> <laughs> she is very much alive <laughs> i'm here and uh we are very much still married just <laughs> and had still a baby. leading together so. <laughs> still leading together I, and you know we we both have our own respective yeah. roles yeah. in the environment and um, we talk about this a lot behind the scenes. Like we're both pastors. Yeah. I'm I'm primarily the preaching pastor, which yeah. is why you guys get a little too much of me. Uh, <laughs> I don't think often. It's too much. Thank you. But um, but we lead together, yeah. and so much of the so many of the decisions that are carried out day to day as part of our world, um, they really come from not just both of us, but also from Allison's heart. Right. I mean, uh, people are not joking when they say like, oh. Behind every great man is a great woman. <laughs> and I definitely can testify to that. So much of what's great about our community has come out of Allison's heart. And as, as, as all of this was happening, you know, with, with everything in the news and, and people posting on social media, right. I mean, social media in itself. Oh, totally. It's just, it, you know, you get on there for five minutes right, and it can, it can be yeah, overwhelming. Totally. 
but I follow some pastors, as yeah. I know you do, and, and we had just watched the uh, interview with oh, Christine Kane. So amazing. And uh, Dr. Anita Phillips. Dr. Yeah. Anita Phillips. Shout out to my auntie, yeah, Dr. Anita amazing. Phillips. <laughs> um, amazing okay. interview from them. And so, we, you know, we've been watching stuff ourselves, but... I saw I saw Pastor Michael Todd. Uh, he was addressing his congregation, Transformation Church, and um, which which I love to see what God's doing in his life. Oh, yeah. You know, especially around this conversation of race totally. and you know Pastor Michael Todd yeah. being African American yeah. and leading a diverse church yes. in this time and in this season. I mean, it's just so powerful. Yeah. But he he had this he had this uh, uh, I guess he was kind of intro on a message or something, and I noticed that his shirt. He said, your pastor is black, mm. right? That's that's what his shirt said, like, yeah. your pastor is black. And I saw that, and I was like, you know what? I need to remind, <laughs> <laughs> I need to remind our church, uh, your pastor is black. Mm -hmm. Like, you have a black pastor in Allison. Right. Uh, you know, I'm obviously not, <laughs> but Allison is, and... You know, I think it just, we need to be reminded of the fact that our house really has a value uh, for diversity in its expression yes. and diversity in its outreach of love to everybody. And I know that's something that's real for us in Absolutely. our home, but I also think it's something that our church needs to be reminded of is that this is who we are, Legacy. This is our family. This is where we come from. And um, we want to step up and we want to step out and speak up right. and be a part of the solution and yeah. the restoration that's happening right totally. now. So I'm just wondering for, for you, uh, I know you're getting so many phone calls, so many emails, so, so many DMs, yeah. you know, um, I, and, and I, I know your, your dad's black, your yeah. mom's white. And so you're in your own unique yep. scenario. Yep. Um, but what are some of the questions that are that people are asking you, and then what are some what are some of the responses totally. you feel like you're providing with pe to people that have been helpful? Totally, uh, you know, from first of all, um, you know, for all of my white friends um, that have reached out, it's been really beautiful because um, I think there's this sense of maybe intimidation mm -hmm. or at times fear, just not knowing what to do, what to say, mm -hmm. how to engage the conversation. Um, and what I have felt an overwhelming, you know, question is like, what do I do? Yeah. How do I help? How mm -hmm. do I be a part of the solution? You know, my heart is to see, you know, um, our, our church as a whole, our, you know, black and brown uh, family members, our, our people of color who are in our community feel heard, mm -hmm. feel um, really championed and the pain that they're experiencing, um, it feel and validated, you know? Yeah. And so there, I think it, from one side, if there's sides, but from one um, community of people mm -hmm. feeling like, what do we, how do we help? Mm -hmm. How do we lean in? Um, and you know, for me, I, I am probably the most pastoral, just why I'm so pastoral in my life. Yeah. Um, I see most things in like shades of gray, you know, like, and anyone yep. who really knows me knows there's not really like a, 
I don't see things like black, white, this is right, this is wrong. You know, I just there's have There's not this, a lot of extremes. No, there's no extremes. I love to live in like this middle ground and uh, where some people feel really nervous to live. Yeah. I actually find a lot of joy living there. You're also a nine on the Enneagram for <laughs> yes. those of you guys following yes. the Enneagram. So I'm like, I love that. I love the tension of the mm -hmm. questions. Um, and so for me, I'm like, I just, I feel joy when somebody asks the questions. Mm -hmm. Um, I know a lot of, you know, friends of mine, I feel really exhausted by the questions in this season. And that's really valid because mm -hmm. they've been sharing their pain for so long and mm -hmm. it's really gone either uh, unheard or not really met with a ton of empathy yeah. or, or not yeah. met with a ton of mercy. Um, but for me, I'm like, I love the questions and I love that like the text messages and the emails, like how do, you know, how do, and maybe it's just a pastor in mm -hmm. me too that loves mm -hmm. it. Um, so from, from one side, you know, from one uh, community of people, that's, that's what I'm getting. Uh, and then from my, you know, black friends, it's more the questions of like, how do we communicate? This is one question that I've gotten that mm -hmm. I just loved this question. Mm -hmm. How do I, um, share and communicate without letting, you know, my anger and frustration get the best of me. Um, it's a great question. Because anger, frustration, feelings, emotions aren't bad, right? They just yeah. are. Um, and you can't, you can't live life devoid of those feelings and emotions. Right. Um, but emotions I found in my life are really great, um, indicators I say, but terrible decision makers. And so using really your emotions as, as actually like fuel for connection instead mm -hmm. of like fuel for separation, like, so ah, like my anger, I want that to drive me apart. I want that passion, that anger to drive us together to find yeah. a solution. Yeah. Um, so I've gotten questions like that too. Like, mm -hmm. how do we actually like bring this thing together and not let it be a, you know, a black box that gets posted on my feed and yep. actually let it be something that works its way out to an action and yeah you know an experience where it's not just words but it's we're doing something together to yes. to bring about change and so i i don't know i think i think that there's there's questions and there's tensions in both um both you know communities but what i found is that the leading, the like driving, the driving force has been how do we come together mm -hmm. and be activated for, um, in the way that God has called us as the church to be activated, to bring a solution. Yeah. You know, I've told you this a couple of times. I feel like the eyes of the world are on the church like never before. Yeah. And we have the opportunity to really shape, <laughs> um, an experience, you know, for the yeah. world to see, okay, this is how God feels. Yeah. about hurting, broken, you know, mm -hmm. disenfranchised, marginalized people. And, mm -hmm. and so I think that there's a cool opportunity for there to be a, you know, a restoration, a unification and a, and an action yes. for, for the church. So. Absolutely. And I know, you know, this being married to me, but I'm all about action. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, in the midst of all of the posting yeah. on social media and everything, like for me, just my, my own personal opinion, this is, you know, it doesn't have to be anybody right. else's. I just, you know, I want to post and I, I want to, I want to say something on social media, but a lot of the conversations that we've been having is like, man, uh, I, I, is, is my post really going to make a difference? Right. 
I w- I'm going to post it. Of course. Because I'm going to add my voice to the number. But what else can we do? Mm-hmm. Uh, how can we respond? And so that's kind of what we want to kick off with um, as we look at uh, Scripture in the Gospel of Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many of you guys watched the T.D. Jakes interview with Pastor Carl Lentz. Uh, Bishop interviewed, no, Carl interviewed yeah. Bishop Jakes. And um, I, so many of you have texted me that video. And I, I, I actually, we shared it with our old staff. And it's just a really wonderful video for anybody who is uh, curious about some potential responses from Bishop Jakes's perspective. And I'm a big fan of Bishop Jakes. In the midst of the interview, he shared, um, he, he kind of alluded to the great, the, the Good Samaritan story, and I thought we should read that. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, so Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37. Um, it's kind of a lot of scripture to do in this format, but I'm just going to read to you the whole thing, and then we'll kind of dive in here. Uh, verse 25 says, And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to in- inherit eternal life? It's just such a cool story. You have an expert in the law uh, who is attempting to test Jesus by asking him what actions, what behaviors, um, how how is he going to have to act in order to inherit the eternal life that he knows he can receive from the Lord? And Jesus says to him, well, what is written in the law? How do you read it? The expert answers, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your mind, and then you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus says to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he desiring to justify himself. Now, I really want you to pay attention to that because it's so important. Yep. But desiring to justify himself. So he's, get, he's preparing an excuse. Uh, he's preparing a reason. He is preparing a justification for his inactivity or how he believes uh, that's not quite lining up to what Jesus is commanding. And he says, okay, well, who is my neighbor? And that's a question I think a lot of people are asking right now. You know, who is my neighbor? So Jesus replied, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to give you a parable here, right? Uh, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and they beat him and departed and they left him half dead. Now by chance, a priest, uh, you know, which is something that should convict us. Yeah. You know, we're priests. Yeah. A priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Hmm. So likewise, a Levite, you know, once again, this should convict yeah. us, you know, <laughs> um, we're, we're, we're priests, yeah. we're pastors. You know, the Levites were people who were especially selected to offer certain services to God in the temple, to offer sacrifices. They were known uh, as worshipers, right? They were known as, as passionate, zealous fiery worshipers. And I know some of you guys uh, would fit the description of a Levite, not this Levite in Jesus name, but would fit the description of a Levite as part of our family. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. 
But then there was a Samaritan. Hmm. And as he journeyed, he came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Hmm. That's a key word right yep. there. He had compassion. Compassion. And he went to him and he, and, and he, he took some actions. He bound up his wounds. He poured on him oil and wine. Mm. Then he set him on his own animal mm. and he brought him to an inn and he took care of him. And then the next day he took out two denarii uh, or denarii or I don't, I, don't even, I don't know how you pronounce that. But I, I do know this. Scholars debate over how much money it actually right. was. We were talking about yeah. this this week. It may have been like two weeks pay. It could have been two months pay. The, either way, that's it's it significant. Yeah, I mean, wow. he didn't know the guy. Right. You know, he's, he's, he's caring for the guy financially. He gives them to the innkeeper and he says, I want you to take care of them. Whatever more you spend, I will repay you mm -hmm. when I come back. So Jesus asked, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And here's the expert, expert in the law. He says, no, notice that the expert does not say, oh, the Samaritan. Right. You know, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't even say it was right. the Samaritan. He can't even bring himself to say that it right. was the Samaritan. Because at this point in time, Jews and Samaritans, they did not get along. They were from different cultures. They were of different races. Yep. They were of diff different ethnicities. Yep. And there was such division and such destruction yep. in between the two of them that this man would not even, what wasn't even willing yeah. uh, to say that it was the Samaritan and admit to the fact that it was this man from this other culture, from this different race, ha had, had done something that was so godly mm -hmm. from the heart, right? And he's, instead of saying that, he says, well, the one who showed him mercy. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, ding, 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 it's right, right? But once again, let me draw your attention to that word. We talked about compassion a yeah. moment ago. Mercy. Yeah. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Yep. Take action. Yep. You know. So uh, the question that we've been asking here and the question that, that, you know, we've been talking through as we've read the great, I keep saying the great Samaritan. He is great, but right. the good Samaritan. <laughs> we've read this story several yeah. times this week and we've talked about it. And, um, and so I just, I want us to look at some of the responses right. um, of, of the good Samaritan right. and, and also want to see some of the responses that Jesus provides with the expert. Right. So here, here, here's the first point. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get too preachy in the midst of our conversation, <laughs> but that would be easy to do, especially, especially for this first point. Yep. So this is something we noticed when we were reading right. together this week is, um, whenever this expert in the law, he says, you know, teacher, you know, he's trying to test Jesus. Right. He says, what, what, what am I supposed to do to inherit eternal life? And, and what does Jesus say to him? He says, well, what, what is written in the law? And one of the things that, that, you know, we thought about as we were chatting through this is just how important at, for us to go to the scriptures totally. as we're formulating and developing a response Absolutely. to what's happening in our world right Absolutely. now is to go to the Bible. Right. Number one, point number one <laughs> is to go to the Bible. Yes. And this is exactly what Jesus taught us to do is to go to the scriptures. Yeah. The Old Testament scriptures were very relevant to Jesus's audience yeah. and they were very relevant to Jesus. They are still relevant to us today. Even consider the temptations of Jesus. Yeah. Even when Satan came to tempt the son of God, 
how did Jesus overcome mm -hmm. the temptations yep. with the word of God? Right. He said it is written with the scriptures. He came with truth, capital T. He came with the Bible. Mm -hmm. He came with the word of God. And so, you know, first, first and foremost, uh, I think this is something we talked about quite, quite a bit this week, was in, in our response to what is happening in our world, the very first thing we're going to allow uh, all of these atrocities to drive us towards is the Bible. Totally. So that, that's, the, that's the first thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> just a couple of notes here I wrote in, in, in this regard, and, and you may have some feedback yeah. on this. Um, but the answer to the world's questions are always found in the Word of God. Right. That's something for us to remember, and right. Jesus confirms this. Ultimately, we talk about this all the time. Ultimately, we love you. We're 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 your pastors. We're gonna do, we're gonna do our best to to serve you yeah. and to teach and all that stuff. But ultimately, it doesn't matter what we think. Right. <laughs> Can I just say that? All right. Ultimately, it does not matter what our opinion is. Exactly. Here's what matters: what God thinks. Exactly. Here's what matters: what God's opinion exactly. is, and God has included His opinion yep. in the Word of God, and. Um, one of the things that the last thing that I wanted to point out here is that the expert, what he's doing here is he's looking for conditions that qualify someone else to be his neighbor. Huh? You, you see what I'm saying? Right. He, he, he's like, he's like, okay, well, well, who is my neighbor? Who does that other person have to be? How do they need to act? Totally. How do they need to behave? How do they need to perform? Totally. How good does that other person need to right. be before me, you know, as a, as a, you know, in our own context, as right. a Christian, before I accept that person as my neighbor? And Jesus says, no, no, I'm not looking at, right. at the condition of the right. other person. There's no condition. Yeah, I'm right. looking at the condition of your <laughs> right. heart. And I'm saying, okay, uh, will you love someone that is not like you totally. as your neighbor, as yourself? Uh, even when they don't deserve it, even when they're from a different culture, right. even when they're from, um, you know, a different ethnicity or race or even religion. Totally. So uh, it's just a couple things. Maybe it's a jumping off point right. for some feedback from yep. you. I don't know. But uh, do you have any thoughts uh, thus far on yeah, that? Yeah, I think what I love is is just that very thing. Like there's no, there's no conditions that we project on someone else mm -hmm. that qualifies them to be loved by us. And so good. You know, one of the things that I've heard in, in questions and conversations, pointing back to um, friends that have been like, okay, I don't know what to say. I think I feel yep. a little bit of fear. Yep. Um, it's kind of that same thing mm -hmm. because we feel really comfortable with things that we feel comfortable with. Yes. And, um, and when we're invited by the Lord out, to love someone who might be different than us or experience life differently than us, mm -hmm. it can really be, uh, it can be uncomfortable for me. Mm -hmm. I know that. Mm -hmm. So um, in this story, I love that Jesus is so adamant, like, oh, like just because you're uncomfortable mm -hmm. doesn't actually give you a license to avoid sharing the love and the affirmation that I have empowered you so to share. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that in the life of Jesus, you never see him, you know, saying, okay, 
are, are you like me enough? Are you good yeah. enough for yeah. me? You know, the truth yeah. is none of us are good enough yeah. for the love that Jesus pours out on us. He just mm-hmm. gives it to us because the love is unconditional. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that it really goes along with some of the tension of the season, which yeah. is we don't always know what to do, mm-hmm. what to say. We feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but that discomfort is actually okay. Yeah. And there's a, there's a part of the discomfort that actually should push us towards investigating the life of Jesus and yep. saying, okay, I feel a little uncomfortable. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say, but let me see how would Jesus respond in a moment like this. And mm-hmm. I love this story because it's so clear, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just no, you know, there's no conditions that yep. someone else has to possess for us to fully invest our love, mm-hmm. you know, in that Absolutely. direction. Absolutely. Uh, and so just, you, we need to remember that right now right. In, in the midst of our formulation of a response right. is that this is our neighbors. Exactly. This is our brothers. This is our sisters. This is our moms, our dads, yep. our sons, our daughters, yep. flesh of my flesh yep. and bone of my bone. You know, I'm thinking of that uh, passage in which Adam sees Eve for the first time, a fellow image bearer. And we know Genesis teaches us that we're all created right. in the image of God. And that includes all of us, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of where we're from, regardless of where we were born, and regardless of what uh, the color of our skin is. Here's a second point. We have three points yeah. here. The second point is, uh, when you get into the Word, the, you, you read it and you obey it. Hmm. So that's the thing we want to point out here. Obey God by taking some practical actions. Hmm. And uh, as we were discussing this scripture this week, we couldn't help but to think about our spiritual mama, Heidi (laughs) Baker, that faithfully says all the time, love looks like something. I love it. (laughs) Love looks like something. And, um, you know, that's where back to my soapbox of taking action I just, I cannot say, well, let's just wait until we hear the, the full story. Right. Let's just wait until, exactly. you know, someone gives us another stream of statistics. Like, it's no big deal. We don't need to be upset about it. We don't have to uh, take it to the prayer closet. We don't need to get right. in the Word of God. We don't need to ask the Holy Spirit, like, what's happening. That's My your, uh, Sorry. That's your alarm. <laughs> My alarm. It's done. <laughs> It's fine. It's that's just that a means, conversation. That means it's time to feed the baby. <laughs> you guys just got a real sneak peek into our actual life. Uh, so we'll we'll move through this quick then. So you can go for Um But yeah, point two is obey God and take practical action. You know, be be poised for action. Right. Um, not apathy. James two verse fourteen through seventeen says, "What good is it, my brothers, if someone says that he has faith but does not have right. works?" Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things that that they need for their body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Right. Essentially what that means is, is that love demands action. Exactly. Love demands action. For those of you guys who are a part of our community, who have been taking part in peaceful protests to raise your voice uh, against all of the racism uh, and the violence against black and brown brothers and sisters. We we just want you to know we bless you. And we're really excited uh, for for the action that you're taking. I think that's very exemplary. 
uh, for our community. So here's a few actions that the Samaritan uh, took in the story. Number one, he showed compassion. You know what that means? Uh, he got emotional. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's so confusing to me uh, for people to watch. And, I, you know, if you watch the whole video of George Floyd, you know, I think it was uh, Dr. Phillips that said this in that video of like, I've never seen anybody say, let's just wait for the, you know, wait for the the facts to come out while being emotional. emotional. Right. You know, he, she said, I would have no problem with it if they were. Mm-hmm. But so often when people are like, oh, let's just wait for the facts to come out. It's like very devoid of that, like that human experience, yeah. which is emotional experience. No so compassion, yeah. no empathy, no sadness. Yeah. You know, so that was one of the things that, uh, that was actually one of the things that the Samaritan did is, is he immediately showed compassion. And what does compassion mean? Compassion defined as a willingness to suffer with. Oh, it's really that's powerful. So good. And I love like so often in scripture, Jesus uh, is motivated mm-hmm. by compassion and empathy. Mm-hmm. You see so many opportunities um, for him to heal the sick yep. come about as a result of just sheer emotion, compassion, empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, just wanting to see someone whole and not hurting mm-hmm. any yep. longer because there's yep. that that moment of suffering means something to him. Absolutely. And, you know, I've often wondered even why, like, the, the shortest scripture in the entire Bible is Jesus wept. Right. You know, and, you know, I would think the longest scripture in the Bible would hold some type of significance as well right. as the shortest. And I've just always been drawn to that. Like, why did... Why did, uh, you know, the, the folks who were right. categorizing those verses and putting the Bible together as right. we know it today, why did they decide just to stop right totally. there? It's because it's so powerful yes. that, that Jesus being fully God, but also exactly. fully man, uh, he was sad. Yes. He, his heart was destroyed because he recognized that in the loss of the life of Lazarus, that he had that he had lost a brother, exactly. he lost a friend, he lost a fellow image bearer, and so yeah. I think that's important for us to remember. Here's a few other actions. He also bound up his wounds. What does that mean? It means he helped him to heal. He also poured oil, uh, which for me, oil is very significant from the standpoint of prayer mm-hmm. and anointing. You know, if if the if we only do one thing, you know, aside from getting the word and obey God. We have to be praying right now. Mm-hmm. He poured oil. He also poured wine. You know, anytime in the Bible you see wine, oftentimes it, it really is uh, significant for the blood of Jesus yeah. and, and the covering of sin. Yeah. And that's that's part of it. Uh, he shared his donkey. He, he put he put the man uh, <laughs> on his animal. And instead of him riding yes. it comfortably, he gave up his place of privilege. Right. It was his donkey. He, he let him have that yeah. space and, and he walked him. And then he also gave money. He yeah. sold financially That's into the right. man's care. And so I, I just, I want to highlight these actions because I think the reason why the Good Samaritan was the Good Samaritan in the story was not only because he was good in his heart, but mm. what was good in his heart came out totally. through his actions. Exactly. And there's a whole lot of Christians right now that are, you know, they got a lot of things to say. That's right. And I respect Absolutely. people, you know, people's perspectives, but... You know, I feel like James, too, made it very, very clear here. We can talk, talk, right. post, d- debate, uh, you know, 
copy and paste statistics from you know whatever news outlet that you prefer to get your news from there's so many things that we can do but what action does love demand yeah. from you what is the action that love requires from you because there is a part that yes. you have to play in this restoration right. that only you can bring to the table like uh, God desires for you to be a part. And, mm-hmm. and you know, as a white person, I think, you know, sometimes that's one of the things that I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, I don't, I should just stay away. Right. I don't, you know, I don't know what it's like to right. be black in America. I don't right. know if I'm really even going to help uh, a black friend out by posting or saying or getting involved right. or inserting myself in any kind of way right. into what's happening for them. But you know what? God has a part for me to play. Exactly. God has a part for everybody to play. Exactly. We just need to be led of the Holy Spirit totally. so we can play that part effectively. Right. And allow that, any of that, you know, the fear that you experience to mm-hmm. actually be, be translated to that compassion and that empathy. Like, yeah. I don't know what to do, but I want to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love this part because I feel like the compassion and Jesus did this time and time again in mm-hmm. scripture. It always led to dignifying the person, yeah. which is yeah. compassion, so good. like leading to you have worth, mm-hmm. you have value, you have dignity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important for us in this process is, okay, there's pain here. Mm -hmm. How do we, you know, use our voices, our action, our finances, you know, our prayer, um, you know, to dignify, Mm -hmm. you know, the people that God so loves and adores. Yeah. To just, you know, ascribe value and and worth. Well, here's the last point. And, and, you know, we don't want to go too long. We know it's a different format. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I think they have. (laughs) It's been fun doing this. Um, here's here's point three, and this is a point that I'm really jazzed on, and you know that, yeah. uh, is to surrender to brokenness yeah. and expect breakthrough. Okay, so that's point three. <laughs> surrender to brokenness and expect breakthrough. Jesus yes. said himself, he said, I want you to go and do likewise. And, you know, one of the things that I teach quite often in ministry schools yeah. and mission schools, that's one of the things that that I have the opportunity to do from time to time. I always remind missionaries, I say, hey, uh, no brokenness, no breakthrough. No brokenness, no breakthrough. Whoever that you know God has called you to have breakthrough with, you first need to be broken on behalf of that person and their heart and their soul and their story and their humanity and, you know, evangelism is not just about decisions and statistics and getting somebody to turn in a card or lift their hand at the end of a message. It's about someone, an individual, That's one right. person. Mama Heidi talks about this. Stop for the one. She always talks about that. Stop for the one. It's about that one person's life being absolutely transformed by Jesus Christ. And uh, we need to be broken on behalf of where they're at in life as lost people. We need to be broken for the depravity of their experience. We need to be broken over their divorces. We need to be broken over their fatherless homes. We need to be broken over their poverty. We need to be broken over, uh, you know, all the things that are going on around the world in any space, in any location, with any people that we feel like God has called us to minister to. Because to the extent that we're broken on their behalf, is to the extent that we'll carry into that environment grace, 
to bring the transformation from Holy Spirit. And so I think there is something so powerful about being broken for those that God's called you to minister to. Yeah, I think there's something about allowing, you know, someone's suffering to speak to you. Yes. And allowing someone's story to yep. really, really matter to, to yep. you and yep. to become, um, it's like in the same way the scripture talks about us um, co-mingling with Christ in his suffering mm-hmm. and in that act, giving us the permission to do that with yes. the body yes. and with humanity around mm-hmm. us that um, Jesus came into our suffering mm-hmm. and as he suffered and died on our behalf, then we are able to commingle in his mm-hmm. suffering. And when we suffer, he's there with us. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, we become so much like God, mm-hmm. so much like Jesus when we see someone suffering and we allow it to touch us and we allow it to, to speak to us and, and so really powerful. break us. And, um, I, I really, for my life know that there's only been significant, um, breakthrough, mm-hmm. um, in areas where I feel deeply, like where mm-hmm. I feel broken and mm-hmm. emotional and, yeah. you know, we don't get everything right. We don't have to get everything right. We don't have to say all the right things. We don't have to do all the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that posture mm-hmm. I found in my life when it's, it's so important. It really becomes the most important posture yeah. um, because it's so reflective of the life and nature of Jesus when we choose to let someone's suffering speak to us and it yeah. motivate us, um, you know, in our love and service towards them. And mm-hmm. no matter what that, what that looks like. And, yeah. and I think we've experienced that in different seasons of our life and different ministry opportunities. Um, but I, I love that. I just, the whole, um, walking alongside Jesus mm-hmm. and seeing his, his, mm-hmm walk with us like uh getting into our suffering with us and allowing he dives us in to with do us. that yeah and allowing yeah. us to do that um yeah. with other people mm-hmm. and, he, and he always has and i think that's something that's really beautiful to remember in yeah. the midst of so much suffering right uh you know i know that that people often ask if god is real then why is there so much right. suffering in the world Mm-hmm. And, you know, that the answer to that question is probably above my pay grade, <laughs> you know, totally. but here's what I do know, church family. Um, when we ask the question, why is there so much suffering? I, I do know this is that that the Lord Jesus, that God has never exempted himself from any of the suffering, exactly. but he fully enters into it fully enters that's probably our food that's mm-hmm. here this is perfect timing for us to close um we got true food kitchen but jesus fully enters into our suffering with us yeah. and that's so powerful to remember yeah. is that there's never been any temptation that he has not also endured as well so remember that remember that church family um, last verse of scripture and then i'm just going to remind you of the points and we'll close Acts chapter 17, verse 26. This is something I shared with our staff this week. It says, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. And he made from one man 
a different version. I know the King James says, and he made from one blood. And I think that's for, that's mm. good for us to remember, church. It's like we're from different places, right. uh, you know, we, uh, different cultures, different races, different yeah. ethnicities. But we all come from one blood, mm. and that's the blood of God. That's yeah. the blood of our Father. And, uh, you know, our first dad being Adam, our first yeah. mom being Eve, uh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're all together, united by blood. Uh, the blood of God, the blood of Jesus. Yeah. And so we there, there is more that unites us than divides That's us. Right. And we need to remember that, that the, the devil will always try to divide us on the basis of right. our differences. But the Lord will always remind us of the unity that we have in him. So I want you to be reminded of that today, church. Um, we love you so much. Remember, get in the scriptures, yeah. respond with action. And then allow yourself to be broken, all right? Get in the scriptures, respond with action, and allow yourself to be broken. Um, We actually have Allison's dad that's going to pray us out today. And uh, he's an elder as part of our church. He's an official, uh, formal elder as part of our team, our leadership team. Mm -hmm. And so um, I know you're going to be blessed by him blessing you. But we love you guys. Bless y'all. Can't wait. We should do this again. I know. We should. All right. Have an amazing Sunday. Well, Jesus, we thank you that you have revealed yourself as the Prince of Peace. Lord, as we find ourselves in the midst of a storm that is sweeping across this nation, uh, Lord, first the storm of a pandemic and now the storm of uh, racial tension and civil unrest. Lord, we, your people, Lift a cry of peace, be still. Lord, we lift up the families of George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor. And we ask, Lord, that you would comfort their hearts in their time of grief. Lord, we ask also that you would comfort the heart of this nation as we collectively grieve the loss of these three lives that were lost all too soon. Lord, we ask that you would heal the heart of this nation or that you would heal this land. Lord, we pray for President Trump, our national, our state, our local leaders. And we ask that you would surround them with people who would give wise counsel Lord, we ask that those words of wisdom would be big in their ears. Lord, we ask that you would still, that you would quiet the voices of those who would sow words or commit actions that would further divide or further inflame the tensions. Lord, we thank you for this community of people that uh, we call Legacy Nashville. Lord, we ask that uh, you would continue to grow us in the mission of our calling, to love you, to love people, and to change the world. And Lord, we ask and we declare these things in the awesome name of Jesus, amen. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.